If you hear a crack or some smashing of glass, it's because the transfer window has slammed shut. Weeks and weeks of movement and discussion regards the ins and outs of Celtic Park have now finally finished. And the end result is one which has pleased most of the Celtic fans. AC Milan defender Diego Lasalle has joined on loan to supplement the arrivals of Vassalis Barca, Salvian Ajeti, David Turnbull, the return of Mohamed El Yunusi on loan, and probably more importantly than any of that, the fact that none of the big guns, Odson Edward et al, have left. So where are Celtic placed now and the season going forward? That's the question which we will put this week to Record Sports' Chris Sutton and Michael Gannon, who join us this week. There was... No takers in the transfer window for this pair, sadly. So, uh, how are you, lads? Are you well? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm well. I could have done with the transfer, but uh, but I'm, I'm sticking with you guys. I wouldn't leave uh, you for the world. I think I think Sotty's transfer fee was too high, but no one no one came for me. It's another season, you see. I think I think it's another season. Just needs another season to develop. <laughs> So what did you make it, guys? What did you make it a transfer window all in? The, the last day, I would say, was... I think most people would say was relatively successful for Celtic. Then we got a, a full-back in of international repute from AC Milan and LaSalle. But I think the majority of the Celtic fans, Chris, would have been thrilled. You've been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks about how no one could be sold. There was too much at stake this season. And the Celtic yep. board have held firm to whatever was put their way. Is that, how, how big a deal is that for Neil Lennon that they did that? I actually think it's been uh, been an excellent window. I, I saw Charlie Nicholas' uh, comments, and they were a bit childish, really, with with nothing really to back up. When you actually think that uh, that Celtic got knocked out of the, the Champions League by Ferenc Varos, and when that happens, we're all sitting uh, and and alarm bells are ringing. Will Celtic have to sell one of the big guns? Will Celtic have to sell an Odson and Edward, for example? And but with what's at stake, we've, you know, we've done this uh, pod many times, and, and and with the column, selling Odson and Edward would have been would have killed Celtic. It, it, it would have done. And um, you know, when you actually strip everything back now, where Neil Lennon is, they've got the the left sider in Laxalt now, who's who's come with a decent reputation. Celtic are in a really good place. The beauty of it for me is that Celtic haven't hit the straps. Then they are not anywhere near at the level so far this season. And uh, they've huffed and puffed, as they did again um, at the weekend. But they're in a position now where if I was in that Celtic dressing room, I would, I'd would i be thinking, do you know what, we've only been at 50% so far this season. Now the window has slammed firmly shut. You look at all areas of the team and there is strength and depth. You know, the the, the, the it wasn't just Odds and Edward, it was... Uh, Christopher Iyer, it was, and Sham linked with with being away, and uh, and now I think that Neil Lennon can can sit and uh, and look forward, and uh, just concentrate now on on the team performing better on the pitch. They've got the results, um, other than the Ferenc Varos game, the, the performances <coughs> haven't been there. Michael, will maybe touch a wee bit more on the and the performances of the of the last little while, which won Neil Lennon the manager of the month for September. Um, we'll touch on them later in the podcast but just in terms of your thoughts on the transfer window on the podcast a couple of weeks ago we, it was mentioned that failure to make the group stages of the Champions League has tended to mean that one of the big guns goes when it was Kieran Tierney it was Moussa Dembele um, you must I take it you're the same as Chris that maybe even a wee tinge of surprise that no one's gone but delight for Celtic 
I think yeah, I think I think I'm a, a slight kind of surprise that they managed to keep hold of. I think especially Odson Edward. I think I thought I thought there would be some sort of move for him that would test Celtic's resolve. It didn't really come in, so it wasn't really a decision to make. So I, I think that's that's a wee bit surprising. I think it does show. I think Chris has touched on this a few times over the last few weeks that it does show the importance of this season. Um, when we've got a, kind of this current situation with the pandemic, money's a bit tight everywhere. I think, but Celtic have been out and they've probably spent. What thirteen and a half million on on transfers, probably another couple of million pound on loan fees. Fifteen million quid's a lot of money to spend in a summer for Celtic. Any season really, regardless, and in this season especially with a pandemic and no Champions League. Um, but the, the question you always ask is: is the is the squad stronger than it was at the beginning of the transfer window? And I think you've got to say yes because I've signed mm-hmm. six players, three on loan, three permanents. Five of them are full internationals, uh, and then there's David Turnbull who will be a full international. Um, also, it's telling that well, okay, you could argue that Turnbull is a project player as such, but I think he can play just now. So there's not really any project players in that six either. It's six first team players, or five and a half first team players, you could say, and say five international players. So I think you can't yeah. say it's apart from anything. It's been, a, it's been a really good window for Celtic. Now it's about getting them to, to click together and get them to play at, a, a, at full capacity because that's not happened yet this season. I don't think apart from one or two glimpses. I think it's getting them all firing. That's that's the next stage for them. Is that the key issue, Chris? The fact that if you look at the individuals who Neil Lennon and the Celtic board have managed to bring in, um, the, the, the generally no one's seen Diego Lasalle as yet, but 24 caps for Uruguay would suggest possibly an upgrade on, on volleyball and goalie. Barkas, obviously. Well, to be fair, you, you'd have been an upgrade on volleyball and goalie. That's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, Shane Duffy's been Maybe brought not. in. People would argue, yep. people would say that's a, an upgrade on uh, on Jozo Simunovic. Um, you know, Turnbull's mm. an add in there. Uh, you know, Vacuum Bio went out the door, and you know he's been replaced by Ajeti. So it's upgrades all the way across the pitch, isn't it? I think that's the key thing, Chris. Is that fair? I think so. I think that uh, the the uh, Barkas coming in for Fraser Forster. Fraser Forster was outstanding. Last season, we you know have to say that I you know I thought that 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 was should have been the number one target that didn't yeah, materialise. That's probably the one that's maybe yeah. not an upgrade. Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're you know big gloves to fill, aren't they? Um, yeah, and and he's been sort of steady away at the start, and you know I'm sure there'll be bigger tests to come. Uh, I think Johnny Hayes was a loss, but now Lax Diego Laxalt has, has signed. You know, comes with the reputation. Celtic certainly needed to do something uh, down the left hand side. Has been crying out for weeks, and I feel for Greg Taylor. I think you know he's at a steady away, but I don't think that he's the answer. So, you know, if 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 Laxalt hits the floor running, then you know that would be a really good piece of business. And then you look at the competition across the squad in, in all areas. The fact that Christopher Julian has been sitting on the bench, you know, yeah. he was he was an integral uh, part of the team last season. Really dominant, turned up in a lot of big games. So strength in depth there. Duffy looks a good signing. Um, midfield competition for places and Sham and Christie. I still don't think Elianusi's really fired yet this season. And then. Uh, up top, uh, a Yeti coming in. You know, he he scored a few goals. Um, Neil Lennon could do with Odson Edward um, actually upping his game and uh, and being the Odson Edward of last season. And uh, you know, hopefully now that the window has shut, Odson Edward can actually look forward and, and concentrate on playing and the you know the the Europa League games coming up and, and kick on because he does need to fire. 
Michael, if if I can, if you, if you want to take that on, I'll, I'll ask you two questions here. The first one, just to, just to put an end to the transfer window chat to sum it up, a lot of Celtic fans are suggesting possibly the best transfer window Celtic have ever had since it started in 2002. And taking on from that, the situation with Edward, do you think now that this all is all cleared, the smoke is all cleared from the transfer window, he's gone away with the international team now, with the under-21 team, cleared his head, Comes back to big games, Rangers, AC Milan, those kind of games. Do you think now that Edward will, will shake off any of that stuff that was hanging around him? I think he'll have to, won't he? Um, I'm interested to see how he reacts, won't it? I think he's, uh, he's not been himself the last three or four weeks, I don't think. Um, pretty poor again at the weekend. Um, that should all be in the past now, and he should get his head down. Listen, maybe it might have worked out the best that he's forming off the boil before the transfer window closed. That might have helped Celtic. Yeah. Um, but he needs to kind of knuckle down now and go back to the form he had before. Listen, he's always going to have a dip at some point. I mean, these players can't be, they can't play nine out of ten every week. But he has had a kind of um, a kind of poor little run. But you so could he, say that about, uh, and I, I agree with that. But you could say that about virtually the whole team, couldn't you? Maybe with the exception, um, maybe with the exce- exception of, of of Duffy. I think you know Duffy's been pretty strong. I think that that El Yunusi's been uh, been off the ball. I have to say, I think Frimpong has given Celtic a bit of energy in in the last few games. But there's so many players who are off the boil, and and when you're a striker, you're reliant on service. The the combinations haven't clicked up top yet for Edward. Um, what I would be thinking if I was him, he has he has carved himself and built up a really brilliant reputation as an outstanding footballer. That can that can soon disappear that can disappear pretty quickly so you know for when they come back after the international break it, it's really important that he hits the ground running and then continues to build his reputation and we see the player which we saw uh, of last season which was a, a supremely talented footballer the side concern is I think that the, the weekend there Neil Lennon came out at the weekend and was was pretty a bit strong as it has been on on Odds Edward in the past. He's been kind of reluctant to kind of give him a kind of bit of a kicking in public, but he came out on Sunday and he did give him a bit of a rocket. So now it's a case of how does he react to it? Does he go in the huff um, and give it the petty lip routine, or does he does that give him a shake and goes back to business? That's going to see how he reacts to it. That's what I want to see. Is is Neil Lennon helping him with the team selection? The players he's I, playing in and around him. It, 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 you know, it, is he getting the service which he wants? No, but I think yourself, Chris. I think he is. I think he is actually more effective with a, with a as a partnership up top. But I don't think El is that man. He was there on Sunday. He put up top with him. I don't think he's the man for that role. Um, you see, Lee Griffiths coming back to, to kind of a team. I don't think he's quite ready to be starting matches just yet. But that could be one down the line as well. I think he is better with somebody up alongside alongside them. Um, yeah, Yeti coming back. We need to see how that that develops if he gets fit. He didn't. He didn't play them together before, did he? Which suggests that may not be the answer. You know, I didn't understand that no. one. But he, he, played, he played them together right. against Ross County and Dingwall, Chris. Um, yeah, but, but Neil Lennon's point when Albion and Yeti broke down uh, mm. in the game when he got injured was, "Well, haven't he take it slowly, slowly?" And I know you've made this point before, Chris. How long does it take to get up to speed? How mm. how, how good was he summer? Um, but you know, you would you would imagine Michael Chris, whichever one he wants to take this on, for five million pound that he was bought for, you would imagine he's seen as the partner for Odds and Edward, not? 
Michael, well, I, I, I think I, I think that's part of the reason why he was convinced to sign. I think he was pretty much. I think that was part of the deal was that he'll play. I don't think he's at Celtic to sit on the bench. That's for sure. And for that kind of money, you wouldn't expect it either. Um, in his defence, I think he only played nine games in about nine months. Um, so I think he, he did need a run of matches to get fit. And there's always, when you haven't played that for that much football, and a big long layoff that they had with the enforced break, I think there's always a tendency that these wee injuries pop up. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's just natural in, um, in these athletes. So there's always going to be bumps along the way. But I think the, the long-term plan will be for him to be the partner for, for Edward, I think. Uh, but it's just a case of getting fit and playing games and, and playing week in week out and it's not going to be that easy for him Chris is that your viewpoint as well I mean Lee Griffiths obviously returned with a, with a bit of a bang uh, to, to score the goal against St Johnson at McDermott Park I know you've been critical of, of the fact that he was he was in that situation in the first place at the start of the season and, and obviously yeah. if, if he'd have been around for Ferenc Varos yeah. he'd been able to play a striker up front I mean it's he, he's still got a bit of making up to do uh, yes, massively. I, I thought he took his goal superbly well at the weekend. And that was a, just a lovely reminder of what Lee Griffiths can bring to this Celtic team. Clearly got issues. I was watching him interviewed after the game and it only, it only sort of played, it only been on a few minutes and he was out of breath. So he's clearly got fitness issues. Um, but I take your point. You only have to look at last season, the transformation in the team up top where they looked, Celtic were, were scoring goals in abundance, um, two really good finishers, and it clicked and had Lee Griffiths uh, knuckle down over the, um, uh, over the period when, when football had stopped. Uh, then they would have come back, I'm, I'm sure, and been in a far better situation uh, in the Ferencvaros game. And so, you know, in many respects... You know, I think that that argument is fair. Had Lee Griffiths been fit, then Celtic, good chance of being the Champions League qualifier. So he's, uh, you know, he repaid Neil Lennon a little bit with the goal up in Perth. But I think he's got a, a, a lot more repaying to do, really, because that was that was an attitude issue. Just, you know, I, I, I can't be bothered. We know he's such a talented player. And uh, it, it was it was great to see him back. And, and when, he, when he steps onto the pitch, you always think if he gets half a chance, he has that ability and we've sort of there's, I think the question's been fair about Lee Griffiths you know we all are still wondering whether he's going to get back to, to anywhere near the heights of of which he's shown in the past so that's that's more good news for Neil Lennon and Celtic that he's back now in full training uh, and and in contention to play Just to assure any Celtic fans out there who are listening Celtic have won the Ladbrokes Premiership Cup They've won the William Hill Scottish Cup. They hold the Betfred Cup, but that was Michael Gannon's teacup that you heard crashing. So uh, don't. <laughs> don't, don't What's don't going on there, mate? Don't worry too much about the silverware. You can tell, listen, you can tell it's this pandemic working from home. The door's going, there's babies going, there's teacups flying. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> Bottle crashing, you name it. Well, there you go, well, there you go Michael. You've seamlessly taken that into this one then. Um, Teacups flying. It wasn't exactly teacups flying Sir Alex Ferguson style after the Ferenc Faros game when when Neil Lennon had a, had a wee pop at some of them. Would you say the response has been outstanding? They've pretty much won every game since. Got to the, well, they have won every game since. Got to the group stages of the Europa League. You spoke at the time about if he was looking for a response, was this an attempt to get a response? Do you feel as though he's had the, the right response? Well, yes and no. Listen, they've won eight games in a row. Um, I think there's a wee element of getting away with it a wee bit. I think um, there's been certain games I think they, they, they could have dropped points and I think it's just the pure mentality and winning 
uh, one in nature they've got running through them that they got them through. But that can't that can't go on every week. I think that they got out of jail a wee bit on, on Sunday in Perth um, for eighty minutes. They didn't look like, look like scoring until the, um, the the strength and depth showed with the substitutions. Bringing on Brown, Christie, and Griffiths. These guys and Rogic coming back as well was a big one. So these are all, these that's that's where Celtic strength really comes to the, to the fore. But I think they've had a pretty gentle run of games. I think the next section of games is going to be the real. It's a bit, bit disrespectful, Mick. That isn't it. No, I know, but Chris, look at the fixture list coming up now. They've got they've got um, Rangers next, AC Milan, then they've got Aberdeen, then they've got Leo, then it's Aberdeen in the cup semi final, then it's then it's Motherwell, then it's Hibs, and it's AC Milan away. It's like the next. Let's not next go the whole games. season, Mick. No, no, but the next <laughs> next chunk of games, the next chunk of games, you get well, you get you get three competitions, you get the league, or four competitions, potentially you get the league, Europe, and your Scottish Cup semi final coming up in the next chunk of games in uh, October, November. So now is the time to really put the foot down mm-hmm. because they're, they're, they should be sitting back just now and thinking, one and eight in the bounce, we're right up there in the league, we're in the European group stages, but we've kind of got away with it because we've not really played that well. But would you not suggest that's a good sign? There's gears there they go up, that's what I mean, but they need to go up them. I think it's a great sign. I think it's, it's a really, really good sign because Celtic, Celtic have been in, on the beach, haven't they, so far? This has been like a pre-season. And you know, but we'll get we'll get to that, Chris, because I think there's definitely an argument amongst the Celtic fans which suggests this lack of supporters, this training ground atmosphere at games, mm-hmm. it's gonna continue to have an effect until the crowd. Yeah, I can't, back I can't listen crowd, to that. The crowds aren't coming back anytime I soon. I can't listen to that because it's the same for every everyone. And mm-hmm. if you're asking me my view, I think it suits Rangers. The fact that no no fans in the stadiums and we've seen them bottle it the last couple of seasons when they've been down the stretch. And that has been the difference ultimately. So, you know, I think Rangers have an advantage there this season because their players haven't been able to cope with the pressure. Fans in stadium, the expectation which there has been at Ibrox. Celtic have, have been there and done it. So that's a disadvantage. But what I would say is, you cannot use that as an excuse because it is the same for everybody. And Celtic, no, the Celtic players are, are all too aware of what is at stake this season. So that should be enough to drive them on. I thought what was interesting, you know, Scott Brown came off the bench at the weekend. You, you saw his reaction to the Lee Griffiths goal, how much that meant, you know. And and I just thought, you know, he'll be the one sort of pushing them on at this moment in time. And, and players know. I know Neil Lennon, and I don't agree with a lot of what he said in recent weeks when he's come out and talked about excellent performances uh, against Sarajevo, excellent against St. Johnson. I don't agree with that. You know, they're not excellent performance. You can say that they're they're important results. You know, of course, getting into the Europa, brilliant. Uh, beating St. Johnston late on, uh, it, it, it's a good win. It's three points. Of course, it's important. But... The performances haven't been good for a long time. It's It's been flat. So if you're a player, if I was a Celtic player in that dressing room, I would be thinking, you know, this, this, we've been so bad. We have been so bad, yet we've got the Europa League to look forward to. And uh, we've got the game in hand against Rangers and I'd play Rangers next. But, you know, all things being equal, we are in a fantastic position for being bang average so far this season. I, I think it's it's chicken chicken and egg stuff. I mean, Celtic can maybe say that they haven't had the intensity because the fans aren't there. But if the fans had been there and seen some of these performances, they might not have got the results because the fans. I mean, you know, Celtic supporters this season are on the edge of their nerves 
right now, and it's only October. There's fingernails getting chewed. There's more heart palpitations. But a lot this of that is because of the performance, them. Mick. Sorry. A lot of that. A lot of that is because the performances haven't been that, convincing. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's chicken mm. and egg. I don't know when it's coming first. It's intentionally not there because the fans aren't there. Um, but if the fans had seen that, it would have been an atmosphere would have been mm. completely different. Some of these games because attention. I mean, talking to Celtic fans and 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 feeling the mood, they are they are so tense on a weekly basis, and it's only October, and that would translate in the stands as well. You say all that, Mick, but it suits Rangers far far more than it suits Celtic. No, I take that point. Celtic, I'm not, I'm not talking about Rangers. Been, I'm talking about Celtic. Yeah, but, uh, but take a point. Of of course, you you know it's it's about that challenge. Rangers have been serial bottlers, haven't they? That, that, yeah. That's what's happened. And, and you know, you talk about um, playing in front of a full stadium at Celtic Park, a full stadium at Ibrox. The proof has been in the pudding the last couple of seasons. That's why Rangers this season, it's an advantage to them that there are no fans in the stadium because they haven't been able to cope. Celtic, when the pressure's on the last few seasons, they have been able to cope. So that, you know, that gives... You know that that gives the Rangers players a bit of a leg up, really. I think, and but you know, if I was a Celtic player, I, I wouldn't be using that as an excuse. If I was Neil Lennon, I wouldn't be using that as an excuse. I would use that as as more of a determination to actually just say that you know, win the league, get it done. We can win with fans in the stadiums, fans uh, when they're not in the stadiums. We you know, we can win whichever way, and you know that would that would. Uh, be one hell of a statement if, if Celtic achieves that, of course. One thing that both of the clubs, guys, I'm sure you would agree on, um, that both Celtic and Rangers have in their favour. We talked about this on the podcast before the season even kicked off, was the five substitutions rule, which mm-hmm. we've seen in Celtic games at Tannadice. Michael saw it at McDermott Park on Sunday. The variation that Celtic can bring off the bench to win them the game. Rangers have that as well. They can do that in the games, which is going to give them such an advantage in the matches against the small, the, the so-called smaller teams, which means the majority of those games they're going to win. Firstly, would you agree with that? And secondly, no old firm game is not important. Everyone's important. The first one's always important. Nothing changes. But given the fact so few points look as though they're going to be dropped against the other teams this season, how big is the next Old Firm game a week on a week on Saturday? It's got. It's. I mean, it really is a chance for Celtic, isn't it? If they can win it, go clear <laughs> with a game in hand. You struggled to see where they would drop points elsewhere. Chris, uh, it does as well, I guess. Um, well, you, well, you, you know, we know that this is triumph or disaster, isn't it? There's nothing, nothing in between. That uh, both <laughs> both Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard will be heavily judged. Uh, you know, it's it, it's all about the three points. Whoever gets the three points, it'll be uh, you know have have won the league. Whoever loses, as a, a disaster, has lost. Um, that's that, that's that's what's going to happen. I think with Neil Lennon, um, the dissatisfaction of you know a, a number of fans with the uh, performances this season, um, I, I, I think it would really kick off. But you know it's the same across at Ibrox because everything we you know said I think on last week's pod everything we all think that every bit thing has been so rosy this season. But imagine Rangers losing to Celtic. It, it would uh, you know it would be the wheels are off again. You know they're choking again. So I think that you know we need to be a bit patient and and, and see how things pan out. But of course these games patience this season... in Glasgow, Chris man. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. But we're Jeez. you know we're. 
we're only we're, well, we're a quarter of the way through the season, <laughs> um, and I, I certainly take your point. It, it it doesn't it doesn't pan out like that, but it, you know the four games this season are clearly going to have a uh, a big impact of of where the title goes for the reasons which you've explained and, and the strength and depth that both Celtic and Rangers have. Michael, does it offer the, the springboard for Celtic? Everybody's talking about patchy performances and scraping results and blah, blah, blah. If they got the win over Rangers to put themselves in that position, Grant Europe, do you think they would really kick on from there? Do you, do you expect that game to be almost like the launch pad for Celtic's season? Well, it, it could be. There's no, if you can't downplay it. I mean, the, the psychological boost from a, a victory in this first the first meeting of them would, uh, would be absolutely huge. And it would take, take and from a Celtic point of view, they have got, I say, like I mentioned before, a pretty brutal run of fixtures coming up um, the next month or six weeks. So I think it would be that. And that's the first one. So it'd be the perfect start. And listen, it would, it would, what, it would, what it would do is it would, it would boost the club that wins, but it would also pile a heck of a lot of pressure on the losing side. I mean, that's the thing. I think it's more... I think it's more, not even the, the ramifications of winning the game, it's the ramifications of losing the game. A team that loses the game are going You're to be right under... You're always half empty, mate, aren't you? I can't sit. But well, I'm not wondering he dropped his cup on the floor. <laughs> I have it on my carpet, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, but can you imagine, the, the team that loses this, this game uh, is under the microscope and it's... Uh, Scoop! Um, Scoop! <laughs> He's up in an absolute disaster, sir. I've oh. got spillages in the brain here. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine it's going to be a few weeks of complete crisis talk, isn't it? If team mm-hmm. loses are being crisis, it won't be the case. By the way, I don't even think the result will actually matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, the first off game of the season, there's so far so long to go. But mm-hmm. uh, for a good few weeks, which could then affect other results, I guess. But it's going to be a pretty dark place for whoever loses the first one. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Seems fair enough. Chris, anything more you'd like to get? We'll obviously be back next week to have more of a an in-depth look at the Rangers Celtic game or the Celtic Rangers game, given it's mm-hmm. at Celtic yeah. Park. The next week's podcast, but anything else that's, that's kind of caught your eye over the week, Chris? No, they'll both be both managers will be under the microscope. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, it's like hello hello like good morning <laughs> well we will eventually get to speaking about the Lille game maybe all the fact that Hudson Edward has stayed has brought that on for you Michael so listen Michael, Chris thank you very much for your time uh, we look forward to speaking to you both next week have a good week lovely stuff cheers thank guys you. thanks everyone for listening good luck